What's up, Cuzzies, and welcome to the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. For today's episode, we're pulling into the next stop of the Great Cuzzy Road Trip. The Great Cuzzy Road Trip is an informational road trip highlighting every amusement park in America and Canada, as well as roadside attractions and places to eat along the way. This stop will take us to Gatlinburg, Tennessee to highlight one of the top parks in the country, Dollywood. With plenty to do in the area, we've got plenty of mountain coasters, moonshine, roadside attractions, and park food to highlight. So come along as Mitch and I go on a search for credits, grub, and glory. This is the Coaster Cuzzies Podcast. Oh yeah, going to Dollywood. Left Jeff at the Hooters parking lot somewhere in Charlotte. And uh, you know who likes to show up for Dolly Parton? Mitch does. So we invited Mitch along to come join us on the on the on the Dollywood stop of the road trip. How you doing, Mitch? I'm great. I've actually been, as you've been kind of driving down the East Coast, I'm just like one or two cars behind you in my Toyota Corolla. So you haven't seen me, but I've seen you. But as soon as I saw Jeff being left behind in the Hooters parking lot and you you driving away on I-40, I'm like, I, my time's here. I knew it. I knew it's uh, it's time for me to shine again. I respect that you've been doing that since what? Uh, Canada. Um, La Ronde? Was that? Yeah. I think that was like 10 months ago. Yeah, I've been on the road just behind you guys. I mean, I can work remotely. It's great and flexible. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been a good time. You know, I'd recommend you just go live your life. But uh, I, for today's purposes, I, I really appreciate you joining us. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe I'll pop, I'll, maybe I can pop back to uh, Toronto for Christmas just to see my family, you know, because that, that's sort of important. We'll allow it. It's probably a good idea because the stop after this is going to be Camden Park anyways. So uh, I don't think you've missed out on too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am very excited and I'm sad I don't have any Dolly merch on, but I'm wearing my Holiday World Christmas merch. So it's sort of in the same area because when I first went to Dollywood, I went from Holiday World to Dollywood to Tennessee. So I'm very excited wow. to talk about the whole area, the Sevier County area and all it has to offer. That's wonderful. So you, you've actually been to the park before, is it once, multiple times? Do you go every year for Dolly? What do you, what's your situation with Dollywood? I wish I went every year. I very much do. I went once during the pandemic in 2020 after Hollywood Nights for a two-day trip. And thankfully, during that time, also did a couple of the other attractions in the Pigeon Forge area. But it was truly the the masks-on trip to, to Dollywood, mm. um, and which I'll, I think, get into more when we talk about the coasters and, and our experiences. And then I went actually this year as well. So I went back in on St. Patrick's Day of 2022 to uh, Dollywood for, uh, I just did one full day there because I went the opposite way that we're doing today. I went to Carowinds afterwards. So um, got two really different experiences at Dollywood that uh, I think I can firsthand talk about some of my experiences there because I absolutely love this place. That's fantastic. And, And Dollywood for me, for like a couple of years, I could almost claim it as a home park living in Atlanta. It was just a four-hour drive to go to Dollywood, so I made a point of it a couple times every year to do that. And um, if you are a Six Flags Over Georgia employee and get in free at Dollywood, or if you're a Dollywood employee and get in free at Six Flags Over Georgia, you can thank me because I'm actually the person that set that up. <laughs> oh, my. That is a freaking yeah. steal of a deal. I'm basically a celebrity. So I actually I set up a ticket trade with a bunch of attractions in that area. Um, so... 
yeah, a lot of uh, free vacations for Atlantans who work at Six Flags Over Georgia. So, um, no big deal. I'm just bragging on myself, but uh, a very proud moment of mine um, in my young professional amusement park career. You should brag about that. That's a legacy. That is a legacy I, that you're leaving behind. Yes. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's something that uh, families of Atlanta and employees of Six Flags can enjoy uh, time and time again. Every, every hope they go up uh, every holiday. You know, there's like, I don't know. I just hope they go up there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've never been to the, the drive between Atlanta and Dollywood, but I know it is quite close. And yeah, I feel like it's, yeah, exactly. I've always wanted to go to that area. Um, and when I did finally go, it was more beautiful than I had actually thought. Because growing up, we were talking before the show, I grew up in the Canadian Rockies section of Canada. Mm. So I was thinking mountains. I've seen it all. West Coast is mountains are beautiful. And in the East, I've seen, you know, some of the more hills. But I didn't realize that down there in, in Tennessee, North Carolina, like they're proper mountains. And it is... Yeah so amazing how they built that park truly around a mountain and i i was blown away so i'm very happy to be here to talk about it i'm very happy to be here with someone who created this legacy to uh on this on this exactly on this leg of the road trip where um we're talking about a very very special place in my opinion Anyway, now that we've bragged on ourselves um (laughs) you bragged where you lived i bragged on where i used to work um Let's dive into it. We've got a lot to cover here. Gatlinburg, Tennessee is home to many, many attractions, many, many mountain coasters, many, I mean, tons of competitive places to eat at. Not as a competitive eater, but just competing with each other at these restaurants. And um, yeah, it's just so much to highlight. So I think what we'll start with is we'll start with Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge. There's still a lot to talk about with this. And then we'll end with Dollywood. How's that sound? That's perfect to me. All right, let's start with um, what Chef Jeff would usually do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak in here. I'm no chef. Um, I have eaten at places before, and uh, I'm gonna try to try to do Jeff proud here as far as uh, the food and drink to cover. But kind of how I broke it down. There's the food and beverage is celebrated like a lot in Gatlinburg. Whether it's the restaurants, whether it's the dinner shows. Whether it's going and drinking, um, there's really something for everyone um, all the way around here. So we'll start with the restaurants. Um, and in true Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg style, um, the first restaurant I'm going to highlight is actually an axe throwing place. It's an attraction. And I wanted to look up what is the best pizza in Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area. And I found this place called Country Roads Axe Company featuring West by God coal-fired pizza. And yeah, when I saw that this was a possibility that um, this might be the best pizza in Pigeon Ford, I didn't believe it. And then I looked at the pizzas and they are coal-fired. They're very well done. Um, And on the One Bite app, there's a lot of ratings for it, and it's an 8.9 on one bite. Like <laughs> this is this is insanely good numbers for the one Holy. bite app. Yeah, that so is amazing. Um, and when you throw an axe throwing here, um, that's always a good time. I don't know if you're an axe throwing person. Like, is that something that you like to do? 
I've never done it. I've always wanted to do it. I have heard um, some people really enjoy it. It's I think it's also more of a skill. Like you definitely have to be quite good at it. But mm-hmm. it sounds kind of fun. I I feel like some places kind of make it cheeky and and campy with the theme of it. I know in Canada yeah. there are a lot of lumberjack Canadian theme ones. So I feel like if it's an attraction, it would be quite fun. And uh, we're talking about Pigeon Forge here. So, yes, it's going to be campy and, yes. and have that theme to it. But man, I'm looking at these these pizzas, these wings, and uh, it looks like a phenomenal place. And um, if that didn't sell you, if the Axon didn't sell you and best pizza potentially in Pigeon Forge, they also have a system there called iPour, which basically, I don't know if you've ever been to a bar like this, Mitch, but there's... At this particular bar, 24 craft beers on tap. And basically you get a RFID card and you go up there and you scan your card and then you pour your beer by the ounce. So you can go and you can try two ounces of one beer. You can go try four ounces of another. If you like another, you can pour for 12 ounces. And um, it's like a self-service thing. And um Really cool if you're into beer tasting because you can go and you can have an ounce of beer and just try all these beers or go until you find like your your favorite beer. So um, it's kind of a really cool. I don't know if that's something that you've seen up in Canada, but there's a couple of bars in like Kansas City that have it. No, the liquor laws in Canada are, I think, a lot stricter. I've never even heard of anything like that. That sounds so cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, like beer at all, there's going to be at least a couple of beers there that I think would connect with people. So, um, I know I'd be trying all the IPAs myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, all around this place just looks like a good time and it is minutes away from Dollywood. So, uh, you finish a day at the park, you want to wind down with some ax throwing. Um, maybe there's a crowded day at the park. You need to throw some axes to, uh, get some anger out, eat some good pizza, drink some good beer, really good spot. And then, um, you know, I am just a pizza person. I love pizza a whole lot. Um, so I, I did mention another pizza place and it's kind of a funny recommendation because people in the South know about it, but Mellow Mushroom is a chain restaurant, um, that actually started in Atlanta and they've expanded there. You can find them very often in tourist traps, um, any type of like a city walk environment in the South. Um, if there's like an entertainment district, there's a good chance that a Mellow Mushroom is going to be there. And this is a good place for pizza. It's my favorite pizza chain. And um, from what I understand, pretty allergy friendly. Yes. But have you, have you had mellow mushroom before? So when I'm Googling, whenever I, when I was in Dellywood last, I Googled what in the area is vegan or dairy friendly and basically nothing sadly, mm-hmm. but mellow mushroom had a few options. Now I didn't end up going. I just, I honestly was just in a rush and I ended up going and eating somewhere in Asheville, North Carolina, but it nice. was on the list for places to try. So yeah, I really want to try that place. It, I, it does look touristy, but it looks like they have good stuff. Yeah. It's basically you walk in and it's themed to psychedelic mushrooms, I guess is uh, kind of the theme. So um, another place where there's really good craft beer selection too. So, um, you know, my wife has a uh, dietary needs. This place um, serves a pizza that doesn't gluten her. It's great. We're, we're pretty happy and it's it's honestly one of my favorite pizzas anyway so i get really excited whenever there's a mellow mushroom <laughs> i love <laughs> and that then, yeah it's a good time 
And then there was another restaurant that popped up. Um, Old Mill Restaurant was one that consistently, as I was looking up different um, places to try out, different places to eat, Old Mill definitely popped up. So they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I don't know if you noticed this when you were there, Mitch, but this place, like all of Gatlinburg, all of Pigeon Forge, just advertising pancakes out the ass. Like there is a pancake place on every corner. Um, really popular in, in that area. So to answer your question, no, I have not, did not know that pancakes were a big thing there. I guess I've never been looking out for them. So I am intrigued. Yes. And um, I've also never had the pancakes there um, anywhere in the area, but because I don't really like pancakes very much, to be honest. But um, it's it's a big deal in Gatlinburg. So like, if you like pancakes even a little bit, um, it's probably a good place to go ahead and check out. And um, they also serve lunch and dinner. And this is just kind of your, your home style Southern cooking. You've got fried chicken, um, you know, Southern fried country ham, basically any type of fried meat that you can find that is served with potatoes and, um, you know, green beans, that sort of thing. That's what you're going to be looking at here. Um, kind of looks like it might even be, I don't know if it's served family style, but it almost, there's so much food on the, on the table. It looks like it might be. I love a good family style, you know, buffets are fine, but you know, just, it's nice having the food brought to you when you eat as much as you like there. That is a, <laughs> that is a, a, a very nice luxury for sure. Yeah. If I'm going to eat a ton of food, I don't want to get up and like hunt for it at, no. the, at the buffet bar. No. And <laughs> fight too much work for it. No, 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 no. No, I just want to fight my own family. Yeah. And then the last um, restaurant that I'm going to recommend that is just like a sit-down uh, restaurant actually comes recommended from Muscle Daddy from um, Ride This One and Hide from In The Loop. Both suggested this one uh, when, I, when I asked for uh, restaurants on Twitter. And Blue Moose. Blue Moose is just, it really is just a bar with bar food. Um, they sell burgers. They sell wings. And according to both of them, um, some outstanding wings. And these are these are two uh, men that I trust. I trust their um, their outlook on wing quality. I'll just say that I know, they're, I know they're both really into food, so especially bar food. So yeah, looks like a good place. I've never had it, um, but this was another place that just had really good reviews. Uh, Blue Moose Burgers and Wings. That sounds so, great. Sometimes you just need, if it's good and it's basic, and you know what? That's not not never a bad thing. You can get some good mm -hmm. food, especially if you're on the road, you know. Sometimes when you're on the road, you just need something, uh, something that you know you're going to like. It's true. And then, uh, I mean, as far as restaurants also in this area, there's going to be a ton, a, like a ton of chain restaurants. You're going to find your TGI Fridays. You're going to find your Paula Deen's. You're going to find your, I'm trying to just think of restaurants that I see. They got some like Mexican restaurants as well. Um, it's been a while like since a, I've been down there. I hop waffle. Is there a waffle house? I think there's a waffle house. Yeah. Gotta be a waffle house. Probably a huddle house as well. That's a huddle house is pretty popular in that area, which is like a, a classier waffle house, which I don't understand why you would want to do that. Waffle house is perfect as is. <laughs> All right. And then, um, you know, food comes in many different forms in um in gatlinburg pigeon forge area and one thing that's big in this area 
are the dinner shows. And the two most popular dinner shows actually uh, say, could be interchangeable at one and two here, but Hatfields and McCoy used to be called Lumberjack Feud. Um, They actually got bought out. um, Gosh, I want to say maybe 2016, 2017. And um, recently kind of transitioned over to Hatfield and McCoy, which I had to look up like what the name meant. And apparently there used to be some sort of, I don't know if it was real. I think it was actually a real feud between, um, was it Virginia and maybe one of the Carolinas? And, and there was mountains and these, these families feuded against each other. And I think they fought each other a lot. And it kind of went down a legend of Hatfields and McCoys. And um, from what I can understand, that, that's kind of what the storyline is based off of. And um, there's just a bunch of shenanigans. A bunch of funny acting, from what I can understand, and the the dinner is um. I don't. Have you ever been to any type of uh, dinner theater like this? I have. I have not been to the ones uh, mentioned here. We're talking talk about here in, in uh, Pigeon Forge, but yeah. I am a connoisseur of medieval times. <laughs> let me tell you, nice. medieval That's times. That's what I haven't been then, to. Oh, and there's medieval times in Toronto, and then I think there's still one in. Orlando or in Buena Park, I think I went to it, and it's a similar medieval times, but it's pirates. So it's very Ooh. cool. They have like a ship with the water in it. So that I haven't been to since I was a kid, but medieval times <laughs> I've been to very recently in Toronto. And uh, nice. I do I do enjoy that. They also do very well with the allergy meals. So I think wow. I think the dinner theater is kind of a lost art. I think it's only found in touristy areas. Let's bring mm-hmm. it back. Like 2023 is the year of the dinner theater. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what the meals kind of consist of is, uh, especially here, it's it's fried chicken and pulled pork, so just piles of meat um, with potatoes. Um, there's some sort of soup, and and I don't know if this place does it, but I know at, at Dolly Parton's Stampede, no silverware. You don't need it. Just mm. just eat, eat. Use your your paws and just and just shovel it into your face. The soup you're gonna drink it like that's just the vibe. Corn on the cob. It's, um, you know, the, the food isn't particularly outstanding, but it's a lot of fun to just eat that style and just watch this corny show. And I agree, a lost art. Yeah, it, it is. Have you, this is a little bit of a side, but have you been to um, Hoop De Doo Review in Disney World? I, that is a very famous my dinner theater. List. Okay. I need to go. I, it looks fun. I mean, it looks really crazy and, and wild, but I really like that. And then in... I don't know if you remember this. I think were we talking about this with you, Caleb. I'm not remember. I don't remember, but <laughs> here in Alberta, there is a dinner theater called Jubilations. So Logan, mm-hmm. if you're listening, which I know you are, there is an episode of Prairie Coasting where we have go on a Jubilations rant. It is like a it is like it is like recreations of musicals and like TV shows with food and it is an Alberta treasure and I actually am dying <laughs> to go back. So yeah, yeah, I, I love me, I love me some good. Those are a bit of a, a bit of an aside, but uh, I really do want to check out both of these um, mm-hmm. dinner theaters in uh, in the Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg area. I feel like it'd be the place to do it. And honestly, there's a bunch more, um, and I'm not highlighting all of them. I do know there is a pirates themed one as well, so I don't know if it's the same as the one you were talking about earlier. Um, but there also is the Dolly Parton Stampede, which was the my first dinner theater I did actually this year. Was the Branson version of that? 
and I didn't know what to expect. I was like, is this going to be kind of weird? Kind of seems like there might be a Civil War theme or whatever's going on here. But once you get in there, man, they're just having a great time. Um, I, I actually got selected from the, cl- the crowd to because um, the North versus the South. And um, I made it a point to sit on the North side. Um, wasn't going to be with the Southerners there. And uh, I got to throw toilet seats um, like horseshoes. And that was one of the competitions, and I competed for that and lost. But oh. <laughs> um, got to go out in front of everybody, uh, you know, on the on the dirt stage there with the horses and buffalo and all sorts of stuff. So it was pretty cool. That that's cool. But the, yeah, the Civil War motif, mm, big a little bit of a yikes. Yeah, a little bit of yikes, and uh, you know, it did used to be a different name. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Stampede, you know. mm-hmm. and so that's why I was a little bit concerned. Like, is that gonna? It didn't seem like they erased a lot of that, <laughs> but uh, maybe just enough to get by. Yeah, but, um, you know. And if you're worried you, about that, go to go to Hatfields and McCoy. Did you look at the holiday version of Dolly Parton Stampede? What the theme is? It's fucking hilarious. I missed it. Is it all Jesus? No, but it's what? Civil War with elves. So that's amazing. The, the North Pole elves are feuding uh, yeah. with South Pole elves, and I'm like, oh. I kind of want to see it, but I also hate everything about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, that's doubling down. I think I'm gonna actually want to go see that next year. <laughs> um, that's gonna be a priority for me. I literally, I literally opened the Dolly Parton's Tempe website, read it, and I immediately closed the tab. I was like, I can't mm-hmm. look anymore into this. Too many elves. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, could go wrong in a lot of ways, but it's Dolly. Dolly doesn't go uh, completely straight, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's always some sort of um, tackness to that, I guess. Anyways. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Dinner shows, good stuff. And then, you know, if you have, if you have that extra day to, to kind of enhance your vacation there. Um, now, one thing a lot of people talk about whenever they come to Gatlinburg, Tennessee is the drinking game of like just there is a lot of alcohol options and it is pretty cheap um, and it can be very dangerous very quickly for uh, many of my friends that have uh, participated in, in some of these activities um, that I won't go into too much detail but one thing about Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge uh, Gatlinburg specifically has a very walkable strip with a lot of hotels by and um, just kind of facilitates this cesspool of people who want to taste a lot of alcohol and um you know it it can be fun if you uh, participate responsibly and one of those things to taste is moonshine which is very southern um it's very delicious and one kind of misconception a lot of people have about moonshine is that all moonshine is punch you in the mouth hairspray strong alcohol now at the end of all your moonshine tastings Yes, that is what it is. Um, but some of the tastings, you've got uh, proofs that are like 30 proof, 40 proof, a little bit more manageable liquor. Um, but kind of what you can do is go into, and these used to be free tastings, by the way. It used to be absolutely free to go and just moonshine to the face and just like end up in a river. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, they, most tastings are like 5 to $10 now. And you get like, oh, I think it's a one ounce pour or so of moonshine that you can taste. And usually the um, the bartenders have stories and it's kind of a, 
an entertainment thing. It's not just here's your moonshine, drink it. Um, there's corny stories that go along with it that make it a lot of fun. So if you're into moonshine, there is plenty of it. Um, I would not recommend trying all of the moonshine places. That's when you get into trouble. Yeah, definitely pick and choose. But the nice thing is, even <laughs> if you don't like moonshine, it's kind of like a when in Rome thing. You gotta, it's like one of the things you gotta do. And I sadly At the very didn't. least one or two places, right? Yeah, we even went moonshine tasting and I was DD and I was like, sorry, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, yep, that's cool. Well, um, a few of my favorites to, to highlight there. Sugarlands is probably has the prime real estate at the main intersection there. Um, and and Sugarlands, um, I don't know if I, it has my favorite moonshine tasting wise, but the show element of Sugarlands is really good. So I recommend Sugarlands. There's also Old Smoky Moonshine, which is probably the most famous and pretty delicious. I do like the, the Old Smoky. And then Tennessee Shine is another one to highlight there. But honestly, as you're walking, you're going to find moonshine tasting, um, whiskey tasting. There are wineries. So if you're not into moonshine, you're more of a wine person. Uh, Little Bear Winery and Sugarland Cellars are good places to go to uh, participate in wine tasting. And then if you're like, no, nah, man, all I drink is beer. Uh, I'm not I'm not here to drink anything else. There is a brewery, uh, Gatlinburg Brewing Company, which I have not been to, but um, most beer drinking friends that I know who also love coasters waddle out there. I don't know that it's on the main strip there. I think it's a little bit outside of it, but uh, there's a, moon, or a brewery there as well. So pretty weird to see like so much compact into one small spot of just like all this stuff you can taste and all these moonshine bottles you can bring home or wine. Good place to get gifts for Christmas if you're going to the North Pole, South Pole competition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my highlight of food and drink in Gatlinburg. Jeff, I hope I did you okay. I hope I did you proud. Um, too much to highlight, really. But, you know, I tried, guys. He is proud of you, I know. As someone who knows him, and as someone who is also not a chef, I'm proud of you. So that's Thank all you. that matters. I don't think I highlighted enough seafood, but you know, we had, we had to balance it out. Well, you are talking to a vegan, so you had to cut out one. You had to cut out one meat. You had to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not seafood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're done. I, I, didn't, we're I couldn't highlight any vegan stuff, man. There was nothing. That's that's you said mush the mushroom place. That's the closest thing vegan. So or salads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, in addition to all the food and drink you can do in the Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg area, there is a myriad of other attractions to do. And it's funny that, like you mentioned, Caleb, there is so much crossover between attractions and food here. Like it's it's truly a, a destination where dinner theaters, distilleries, breweries, wineries are part of the experience and, and, and everything like that. So I think it's, it's cool that a lot of places like I was looking up and everything, I'm like, Oh, this is technically a distillery, but it has live music and events and everything of that Sugarlands yeah. place. So it looked, yeah, cool. Sugarlands is great. You get some moonshine and watch some music. It's great. I've only ever driven past it. So I really next time want to go and experience and I'd love to stay and actually try some because every time I'm there, I'm just kind of driving through. So that's kind of my goal mm -hmm. is to, Really stay there and go to some of these other attractions that I'm also going to talk about here. So 
I think the first thing that we like to uh, mention here is all of the other coaster credits that you can get um, along the way while you're staying in the area. And thankfully, there's actually a decent amount within a really a spinning distance of Dollywood and the Main Strip and Pigeon Forge. And as expected, they are mostly mountain coasters. So alpine coasters, anything on the side there. Um, I think many people who have been to this area have been to many of these before. So I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to not going to list them off. There is many of them. There is, you know, the Rowdy Bear one in Gatlinburg, Rocky Top, Smoky Mountain Alpine. But I'm going to outline three just three or four is kind of more fun and interesting ones that uh, you can uh, go on. So over in Gatlinburg in the Ober Ski Resort, which is really cool. It's a ski resort that you have to take a big cable car to. If you've ever been to Grouse Mountain in Vancouver, it's very similar. And there is walking paths. There's everything back there. But there's also a um, mountain coaster back there. So I think it's kind of cool that you got to take that cable car up you get great views of Gatlinburg um and you're way back in the mountains so really really want to try that one Over... yeah I've been to that one that's a oh that's actually a really fun one um, oh they have a they have a a mountain coaster and a mountain slide which yeah. it's like do you count the slide or not I didn't ride it because it was raining that day um but yeah I mean it's a, a cool little stop because there's like some shops up there. They've got like, uh, you can go ice skating any time of the year. They have like an indoor ice rink as well. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really like, uh, if you think like Breckenridge Mountain um, attraction, it's kind of the same idea. That's that's awesome. And it's funny you mentioned that. It's not a credit on RCDB, but it is a credit on that Coast to Coaster website. <laughs> so very interesting split. Whatever, yeah. however you want to count it. It looks like a cool area, and I would love to go um, up there. It looks like just great views and get a coaster credit while you're up there, or two, depending on how you count it. Yeah. Um, so next on the list, which I think is a very common stop for roller coaster enthusiasts, is the Goats on the Roof Alpine Coaster. <laughs> it is one of the newer coasters um, at the in the Smokies. I think it's 2015-ish, but it also has a big general store kind of like think cracker barrel vibes for my american friends but there is as well goats on the roof which i feel like that's like that concept is in a couple places like it's a couple places here in, in canada i've seen yeah. so I don't, I don't know what the appeal is you just look up and there's goats gnawing on the roof yeah, i think it's just roadside attraction you stop by you feed goats that are just on the roof you drive by you're like goats on the roof what i gotta stop and see what that's all about and there's goats yeah. on the roof. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, okay, like they're just there. And I feel like every enthusiast tends to stop there. I feel like many people do. I have never, and I kind of am sad. I would love to do it. Actually, I should preface this as What's... well. I've never been on a mountain coaster in my entire life. So uh, I yeah, know. You should, uh, they're fine. But yeah, uh, you should ride one. They're really expensive. That's the main, that's the main kind of. Yeah. And, like, my advice here, too, like, because you could go here and you could get, like, Cedar Point level of credits, but you're spending, like, over $100 to get all those. So I always recommend, like, if you're going to do this, like, go to Gatlinburg a couple times and break it up over a couple of trips. And then when you come back, there's going to be new ones anyway. So, like, it's a losing battle. But, I mean, you're talking about $14 a ride probably 
on average a pop. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And I'm sad. Like in 2020, a lot of them weren't open and I maybe we just didn't want to go on them. But I'm sad I didn't I didn't go on one this year. I, and I kind of wish I had even just popped over on one. So this is another reason why I want to go back and properly spend some time in in the area because there's just too much to do. Dollywood's great yeah, and there's just too much on top of it. That's true. Um, <laughs> the third coaster I want to highlight, which is more of just like a, it's just unique in the area, is an SBF spinner in the Island Mall, which I will talk about the island <laughs> a little bit more. But the island is your typical outdoor tourist mall and it has a spinning SBF visa coaster. I have been to the island and I still didn't go on this because... Uh... Similar to what you said, Caleb, it, I think it is like $14 to ride it or something insane. <laughs> I actually didn't look at the price, so don't quote me on that, but it is expensive. Yeah. And I, yeah, so it's there. It's outdoors in the mall, and it's an SBF spinner. So, As someone who set up a reciprocal trading program with them, they also have uh, ropes courses and the observation wheel at the Obergatlenburg. I think you can buy in like a package and also get the rides. Wait, so not what are you talking about with the island? Yeah, sorry, I said over Gatlinburg. Yeah, um, you Gatlinburg. did. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I used to trade with over Gatlinburg too. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really cool spot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of restaurants and uh, moonshine tasting as well. Uh, yeah, Pigeon Forge that, side. That's where we did it, yep. Well, I didn't do I it, but my friends did, yeah. And the, the proximity of Dollywood, it's literally like you're leaving Dollywood and there is Pigeon, or the island of Pigeon Forge. Mm-hmm margaritaville there's a margaritaville resort if you want to stay yeah, there yeah i feel like i'm trying to like steal your thunder on this one it's a great don't that whole please. area right there is amazing it's um, really fun i i i didn't go on any of the rides the ferris wheel looked beautiful um I've so been on it. It, it's you get really good views of the mountain yeah. yeah it looks so the light package on it is just so gorgeous so i i definitely want to go back to it so cool fountains. and then what else is there I yeah don't, uh, the fountains the there's stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is a place you just got to stop in and, and you could dedicate uh, two, two or three hours there if you wanted to, if you wanted to shop. So yeah, absolutely. Ooh, there's a flying theater there. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I haven't been on it. I can't remember the name of it, but there is a flying theater there. If you want to spend too much money on a flying theater, stop into Island of Pigeon Forge. Also, can we talk about how much I hate flying theaters? I'm sorry. I hate them. I think they're so stupid. I don't mind them, like, sometimes. But, like, man, there's one in Vancouver that's, like, 40 fucking dollars. And it's the yeah. dumbest thing in the world. It's so stupid. Yeah. I um, I like them, but I don't like them for the price. Yeah. Um, like, we, my, my wife and I went to the one at uh, Mall of America, mm. Flyover America. And, like... We just happened to sit by this dad that had to narrate the whole thing. And he's like, oh, we're getting splashed by water. Oh, oh, my gosh. oh it smells like oranges. And it's just like, dog, we just paid $14 for this. We can smell on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when we were on the one that, that we went to the one in Vancouver, thankfully, we got tickets for free. And it's $38 Canadian. And there yeah. you're flying over orcas. And the person beside us was just screaming like they thought they were going <laughs> to crash into the ocean like ah, oh my god and then they'd be like go over something and then you know how like the transitions like you fly into something and yeah. then she just just scream and i'm like 
why are you shrieking? It's a freaking <laughs> theater. It's a screen. So anyways, don't go to the Lots flying theater in, in the island. Go ride the Ferris wheel. Go to the moonshine tasting. That's our recommendation. The last credit I'll talk about before getting into the more general attractions is just for the person who is missing, Logan, there is in oh Sevierville, so just a little bit outside of, of uh, Pigeon Forge, there is a NASCAR speed park. And in it, there is a Zier Force One. No idea. I've never <laughs> even heard of this model before. I think it's just like a shortened Tivoli. And it is a NASCAR-themed kiddie coaster. And Logan, I know you're listening. Please, please, I hope you, you ride this one day. Because I think this this ride, it's Zier and it's NASCAR-themed. I think this is your coaster. So please go ride this. I went to ride this because um, it was like my last trip to Dollywood before I moved back to Kansas City. And I was like, I'm going to try to get all the credits before I go move back to Kansas City. And I went there and I pulled into the parking lot and the ride was there, but the train was off of it. Oh, so I, no. I didn't go in, but I really wanted to ride it. But it would have been way too expensive because I think it's a one, it's like an admission price and then you get access to the go-karts and the coaster. So it's probably for the best, but I did want to ride it. Well, it is still operating if you are still so inclined. Hey, if I ever catch myself in Gatlinburg with Logan, um, I'm going to have to do that. Absolutely. I think you should. Um, so non-coaster credit things to do here. There is a lot. And there's this is on top of all the coasters, Dollywood, and the dinner theaters. So this would be <laughs> um, just basically the non-coaster stuff. So I've already mentioned the Ober-Gatlinburg, the, um, the cable car. But there's also um, the uh, the Skylift Park. I forgot the name for a second. I had to go yeah. my notes. The Skylift Park. So this is something that I really would enjoy because um, it's more about the views and it's also more about like the bridges. So it's similar to the uh, Ober where you go up in a gondola. So th this one's a chairlift instead of a cable car. But you go up and there's paths, there's really cool suspension bridges between places. There's just it's just kind of like a good time walking up there. And there's a lot of those similar like that here in Canada. And every picture I've seen from it, and it actually has quite good reviews as well, um, to go up there. So have you been up to the Skylift Park? This uh I don't think this was added when I was there because I've been looks for quite about five new. years. Yeah. And I remember when the Sky Bridge went in, it was a really big deal. Um, and then they just kept expanding that attraction. Um, but I, I haven't been around for that. Uh, like Anakista happened after I went. Um, so there's like, the thing about this area is like in five years, you can listen to this podcast and some like people are going to be like, you didn't name half the stuff because it hasn't mm -hmm. been built yet. <laughs> exactly. So it's it looks like a great place. They do a really cool Christmas event with like lights on on this big giant bridge across. So and and mm. lights up at the top of the mountain. So highly recommend. I this is something I really like. I love. You know, you can get a good Instagram shot there, and I'm all about the Instagram yeah. shots and the stories. So all about that. Some sort um, of matching outfit. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in Pigeon Forge, there is something now. Until I was researching for this video. I had truly never heard of this, but I now want to go to this place more than ever. 
It is the Parrot Mountain and Gardens in Pigeon Forge. It is the number one rated tourist attraction on TripAdvisor in Pigeon Forge. It is truly, and I was looking up details of what it is, it is truly a house with a big ass garden with every fucking kind of parrot you could ever want in your life. It is, it looks so cool. If you are not a bird person, person, if you are not a bird person, you must skip ahead three minutes because I will be talking about birds the next three minutes. I love parrots and tropical birds and shit like that. And you truly can go and you walk through the gardens. You get, they sit on your, your shoulders. You can hold them and everything like that. And I'm like, looking more details like about the garden. Like, is there anything else to do? Nope. It's just the gardens and the birds and it looks beautiful, but <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just gotta have to go. Just bring your ass into the garden. These pigeons are going to sit on your head and your shoulder and you're going to take a picture. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I know. Well, wait, did I say pigeon? I uh, You're going to take a picture. I, did I oh, say pigeon? Yeah, I heard pigeon. <laughs> Sometimes I uh, I make stuff up. Well, we are in Pigeon <laughs> Forge, not Parrot Forge, right? Yes. So maybe that's, maybe yes. that's where I got confused. A lot of birds. So Parrot Garden, Parrot Mountain, gar- Parrot Mountain and Gardens. Um, it is truly the number one rated attraction in in Pigeon Forge. So I really want to go here. And it looks like an absolute blast. Um, and then a couple other attractions here in Pigeon Forge. There is the Titanic Museum, which basically is a museum that outlines the construction of the Titanic all the way till its discovery in the Atlantic um, in the 80s. It's just shaped as a giant Titanic. There is the Alcatraz East Crime Museum. So it's a crime <laughs> museum that looks like Alcatraz, like the, the building. So Alcatraz East, I guess, is the thing. It's a crime museum detailing crime all through the United States history. Um, wow. And finally, because Logan said, remember this, oh he wanted to outline that Bristol Speedway is about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away it is, it is two hours and 11 minutes from Dollywood. Oh, I lied to you. It is two hours and 11 minutes away. Thank you for, <laughs> for clarifying. It is a NASCAR speedway. It is quite large. I actually drove on Interstate 81 right past it. And there are like signs everywhere. There's whole exits for this place. So as Logan said, remember, instead of, rem- you know, you never forget, you're never forgetting NASCAR because... It's like that. It's like that vine. There's only one race, the human race. Well, what about NASCAR? <laughs> I love that. I love that vine. Anyways, I like that one a lot. Um, Gosh. So those are there's kind so of the main attractions. It's just there's there's so much, and this is like not including those dinner theaters you already talked about. So I think mm-hmm. we need to plan another trip. But I think we need to come back because I, I don't have enough time on this time to to do it. I know, and there's so many other things too. There's you've got. Um... The aquarium there, the Ripley's mm-hmm. Aquarium is outstanding. Yeah. They got not believe it or not, Ripley's believe it or not. They've got mini golf everywhere. They've got they've got freaking everything. There's, there's so much to do. Um, I know and these are just the highlights. Honestly, we could we could spend all day. We this honestly, the attractions could be a, a podcast in its own, like a a whole series of Pigeon Forge attractions could be a podcast. Yeah, they really could. Yeah, so good work on that task. That was. I'm glad. I'm glad you took care of that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So, what, where, and where could we possibly be going next in Pigeon Forge? 
Well, um, Mitch, it's, it's time for us to go ahead and um, drive on down to Dollywood, where Dolly Parton has a theme park and um, roller coasters and stuff. That was my I don't have a good Dolly Parton accent. <laughs> that the high pitch <laughs> sent me sent me to another planet. I feel like I might have had a few. No, it's not good. In my head, it's a lot better than it sounds. I feel like I could do a Tennessee accent, but I could not do a Dolly Parton accent. There's no way. Yeah, there's like a there's a, a punch to it. She's rural Eastern Tennessee too, like not not the yeah. not the big city Sevierville, like truly like in the middle of mountains. She is, that's for sure. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dollywood. Um, I want to know about the history of Dollywood because I know it's particularly interesting. I know Dolly is involved. I know Hershey mm-hmm. owns it. Um, I don't. I forget the percentage of that. I don't know what's going on, but how did Dollywood become a thing? Yeah. So this Dollywood was born um, back in the early 1960s. This was a uh, park opened in 1961, very small, by um, a couple of people from North Carolina. I think they they had another theme park in North Carolina they wanted to emulate, or or I guess have a sister park too. So this was uh, just after Disneyland opened. So as th- with many of these parks in, in the U.S. and Canada, a lot of them were co- trying to copy Disneyland's success. And that was uh, from the post-1955 era. So this was 1961 when it opened. It was called Rebel Railroad. And we and I will be doing the yikes factor here of... I'm not going to explain everything that happens here. Um <laughs> in uh in <laughs> in the yikes world but they did have a steam train a general store a blacksmith shop and saloon so some of the attractions that would happen is while you were on the train you'd get robbed i'm not really going to go into the big the whole theme because i think it's we've already talked about this and it's a little bit of a yikes but mm-hmm. um it was interesting nonetheless and it was uh, quite successful to, for the small park in the area now it operated like that until 1970 when a new owner purchased it and it was renamed Gold Rush Junction and they added a theater, log flume and the infamous church now. So I think every every enthusiast and every there's been many jokes about that small little church up in that blacksmith area of uh, of uh, Dollywood. But it wasn't until 1976 when the Hershen family who owns Silver Dollar City in Missouri finally purchased it and for the 1976 season they named it just gold rush so instead of gold rush junction they went to gold rush but in 1977 that's when they renamed it to its uh name before now which is silver dollar (laughs) city tennessee so very uncreative very very uh similar to what they have in branson but they did spend one million dollars upgrading the park and I have a really cool story. I don't know if you know this part, but when the Hershen family purchased it, they per- they added all these upgrades. And, and one of the things they added were two steam locomotives from an operating railway. And that railway was the, oh, what's, what's it called? The White Pass and Yukon Route Railroad. So that is the railroad that was built during the Klondike Gold Rush from Skagway, Alaska to Whitehorse, Yukon. So it operated over the Chilkoot Pass into Canada. So truly it first operated to bring Gold Rush um, pioneers into Canada to look for gold. And it operated <laughs> until 1982. Like the railroad was in full operation till then. So wow. when it was when it was winding down is when the Hershen family bought this. So it's cool that these trains actually operated in Canada, like in 
as far north, what some of the far, the farthest north populated areas as you can go. Um, and now they're running around Dollywood. So pretty cool. I never would have thought there would be a, Cana- a Canadian connection there. I couldn't, I don't, I don't know. Now I, I think they are the same ones. I was doing all the research. I couldn't find that they've re-replaced them. So I think that's, they're still there. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but from all, from all my research, it says they're still motoring around there and tied to Canada. Looks old enough to me. Yeah. I don't know. I know. <laughs> and they, and they, and they are truly coal fired. So they are, they produce some pretty gnarly smoke as you're, especially in the, uh, Thunderhead area. It is quite gnarly waiting in that queue when that comes by. <laughs> Give me, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, in 1986, uh, Dolly Parton had um, really was near the, nearing the peak of her career here, especially in the international world. Nine to Five had just come out, and one of the things she had expressed her interest in is creating a theme park based off of her she really wanted to give back to the community create jobs create tourism and an interest in eastern tennessee because truly until this theme park opened eastern tennessee was mining it was it was heavy industry there wasn't a lot of other um, jobs it was a quite poor area so she really wanted to give back to this um it's really where her roots are and seeing this the hershen family approached her and said like let's let's do something let's partner here because they knew if, if they were competing as Dolly Parton, they would lose. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> there That's one of my no favorite way. parts of the story is like they saw that and they were like, oh, shit. Because she, she was in like a, an interview or something that mm-hmm. I saw. And she was like, yeah, I just want to open a theme park. And they saw the interview and they're like, hold on. Like, come on. Let's let's bring Dolly into this. Like, we'll change the name. <laughs> you are our queen. And they're correct. Exactly. And I, and I love that part of it. I love that they, cause there's, there's not a lot of companies who would, who would almost concede if that makes sense and say like, yes. you know what, we, we, we know this is going to happen. I would say a lot. And especially in like the theme park industry now, a lot of companies try to like double down and just completely yeah. fuck it up. Walt Disney company, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Sorry. I... Disney Hollywood studios. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Don't even. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's another company that does that quite often, but Hershend thankfully um, approached Dolly and they signed an agreement. And I actually can't find the percentages either, so maybe the deal is is um, is uh, more secretive. But if you know the percentages that Dolly, I want to say it's fifty one forty nine, but I can't remember who the fifty one is. Yeah, and I can't find anything, so maybe maybe yeah. I need to find. Maybe it's so, a, maybe it's an urban legend. That is true. The coaster world is famous for those urban urban legends, so. Let's just say um, Dolly owns it. Yeah. Team it, Dolly. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she bought the stake in the theme park. It was renamed Dollywood and in 1986 opened um, a large expansion, the Rivertown Junction. And really, it's been kind of history since then. It's been lots of expansions. Um, of course, the newest one, Wildwood Grove. But I'm not going to detail that because a lot of this we'll talk about in the coaster um, download. But that's truly really how it became dollywood that we know and love today that's such an interesting history uh, i love that you were able to highlight that and um because a lot of people just think uh dollywood just owned this place and she opened it herself and it's not the case sweetheart Mm-mm, no i can't i can't do it no no <laughs> no i did like australian but my tennessee my, my accent always turns out like more georgian like it's more like um, I'm going down to Dollywood, honey. Like it's more of like yeah. a sweet Georgia instead of like a tennis. Tennessee is more twangy, yeah. which I can't do. 
Tennessee got to- yeah, it's a it's a it's yeah, a very Tennessee. heavy twang. I'm I'm Georgia, going down to Pigeon Forge. Georgia and Carolina is also different. Like mm-hmm. Carolinas are very sweet. Like it's like wow. Like the way this woman talks is like butter. Um, and Georgia has a little bit of that, but there's also a little bit of an edginess to Georgia. Yes, uh, at least in Atlanta there was, uh, which I loved. Yeah, you know what? That's true because Savannah did have a sweet. I spent um, a lot of time in Savannah, and they had much yeah. sweeter accent. But that's also basically on the border with South Carolina there too. Yeah. So same thing. I mean, you're talking yeah. about beach. Beach Georgia mm-hmm. is different than <laughs> the other parts. Absolutely. All right. Well, we eventually Dolly just started putting in helicopters, and um, there's a lot to highlight. Um, and we'll start with uh, the one she's putting in this year. New for 2023, you have Big Bear Mountain, which is the Vacoma family coaster. And looking at the length of this thing, it's just short of 4,000 feet. So for a mountain, or not a mountain coaster, a family coaster, that's some insane length. Um, how many feet are in a mile, Mitch? I know you're a metric guy. 5,204, is that right? How many... How many I think you might are, be right. How many feet are in? Oh, we are approaching a, a mile on this ride, oh, which is like, there are hyper coasters that aren't that 50 long. 50 to 80. Wow. Yeah. But I think, I, I do like legitimately think this is longer than some hyper coasters. Yeah. Is it long? Is, I think it's longer than Sky Rush. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Just a ton of track. So going to be a long ride. So good for them. Um, do you have like an opinion on this ride as far as like, is it a good addition to the park or anything like that? Do you know much about it? Do you just like kind of in the dark about it? Yeah, we were talking about before. I really try to not spoil myself as much as I can, you know, POVs, that sort of thing. But in terms of the investment and knowing the park itself, Fire Chaser Express is by far the longest line in the park, like by far. And I think it's because so many families visit Dollywood and and they 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 had Fire Chaser for so long, then they opened Dragon Dragonfly, which I think is probably about the same sort of theme and or sorry, not theme, um, thrill. And yeah. both of those are some of the busiest in the park, and they opened Dragonfly with one train. And I think mm-hmm. they really realized that they have a lot of good thrill coasters. <laughs> and while I personally would love that, I think they were really smart with like, we need a high capacity e-ticket family launch coaster that can you know take some take some people away from fire chaser and dragonflyer but also become kind of the new staple for families to come to the park because i think after this they'll have a really good family thrill lineup because they really only have one kitty coat like truly kitty yeah. coaster with whistle punk but yeah. these three will i think make it be one of the prime family theme park destinations for those kids you know aged three to 10 or 12 or that sort of thing right that's a good point yeah i I love i actually love the uh the addition as well i think i think dollywood in general doesn't uh the clientele there don't generally react well to high intensity rides um i think i think the more gentle and the more just gentle and fun and rewritable the better at dollywood for me um so I'm excited to see that. Um, now, in 1978, this is the oldest coaster at the park. You have Blazing Fury, which has three drops and is the 
roller coaster dark ride that is really more dark ride, but has the roller coaster drops that makes it undeniably a roller coaster. And this is very similar to like fire, um, yeah, fire in the hole at Silver Dollar City. I think it actually used to be called fire in the hole. Yeah, I um, think it was. Yeah, I think that was the thing. Um, so yeah, it's just it's really an old school dark ride. Um, is it a little bit outdated? Sure, but um, it's also very unique. You don't, I mean, this and Fire in the Hole are really the two coasters that are anything like it. So mm-hmm. it's a great time. I like it. Yes, and then um, 2019, you have the addition of Dragonflyer, which is the Vacoma family suspended coaster. One train operation, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, for a family coaster, it looks like it runs pretty hard. Um, I haven't ridden it. Have you gotten to ride it? Yeah, I've ridden it. It's a blast, to be honest. It's really fun. That first drop and that first wing over thing is crazy, but I would say it's also a beautiful coaster. Like the fountains right alongside of it. Uh-huh. You can get some great shots of it. Um, I just really wish it wasn't one train. That That's the thing. It's like <laughs> it's always a long line. I even bought that time saver in 2022 early this year and the yeah. time saver line was still at least 20 to 30 minutes. And it's just like, it's, oh, it's, it's, it, it's brutal. So great time. Love it. Love the theme, love the area, but yeah, wish I could ride it a little easier. It's almost like you have to rope drop the family coasters, which is uh, absolutely kind of why you need uh, the new coaster this year, I think. So, mm-hmm. All right, uh, 2014, speaking of family coasters, you've got the Fire Chaser Express, which is the Gerslauer custom family coaster. What's really unique about this ride, um, while it does have a lift, and um, it's actually a pretty tall lift, and there's some pretty good drops on this thing, but there is a a backwards element. And what I love about this, you pull into, uh, it's kind of themed to firemen, and then you pull into this fireworks store, and then fireworks start to go off. So in the, I guess you're in the, the fire truck. You back out, and you do some of the coaster backwards, and then you end up backing back into the station, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, if you don't know the technology, it's like, wait a second, why why are people backing into the station when they launched out? Like it's it's a really cool element of like excitement when you're waiting in the queue line for that. So. Um, I think it's a nice little touch, even if it does probably take away from the capacity quite a bit. Um, it's really cute. It is. It's so unique. And I like it because the queue is actually quite enclosed. So you, if you're in the queue, you can't see a lot of the parts yeah. of the other coasters. So really, unless you're walking up and looking exactly where it is, you don't know what, like, I didn't know what was happening. Like when we were walking in, I'm like, the coaster's coming in backwards, but I don't know if that's like a switch track or like a a spike or whatever. Like I didn't know what was happening. So it was a really fun surprise the first time I wrote it. And something you don't see uh, other parks replicate, which is sad. Every, every park should back in. Yeah, Yeah. let's do it. And then in 2016, you had the addition, um, which one new coaster of the year, I believe, even though it wasn't really open for any of it. Uh, Lightning rod, the 2016 RMC was wooden coaster now has been converted to mostly steel. So the classification from wood has switched over to steel, which is wild. Um, that was done in the 2020-2021 offseason. Um, but yeah, this this ride features a launched lift. No inversions on an RMC, which is a lot of fun, I think. And, um, you know, I'm going to brag on myself again here. Uh, 
This was a coaster I actually rode the day the day it soft opened to the public. Whoa. Yeah, I just I I wasn't trying. I was just there with my family and I was on the train and I got a DM from Drew the intern. It's like, dude, are you at the park? Because Lightning Rod just soft opened. So we pull into the train station and sure enough, it's running. And um, we went up there and there's just a mob of people trying to get ride tickets because they were just doing a soft open. Like if you had the ticket, you handed it in at the station and like they were just very selectively handing them out. And then this one girl got a ticket, but then her friends didn't. So she turned and my dad was there with me and she's like, does anybody want this one ticket? My dad's like, me. <laughs> so my dad grabbed it from the girl and gave it to me. And I was able to get a backseat ride on um, Lightning Rod the day it opened, soft open to the public. And I'll tell you what, that launch, uh, it punched you in the, in the mouth. It was fun. <laughs> the old, I never experienced the original launch at all. Yeah. But I do have my own brag story that I tell all the time about this. I was yes. there on August 30th or 31st, 2020 the very last day that it operated as a fully wooden coaster. And I was on the second last public train of it as a wooden coaster because it was our train. There was a train after this was sent. And then the train after that was, it went up, rolled, rolled back and it never reopened as a wooden coaster. So you were one of the first and I was one of the last (laughs) as a wooden coaster rider. We opened and closed the thing. That's a, that's full circle right there. And I love that. Holy shit. They, the park knew the park knew that you, you, they, you, you, they saw coaster bro and they're like, we're going to open this. And they saw me and they're like, we're going to fucking close this. (laughs) (laughs) Give and miss the business here. Yeah. Um, That's, that's great. Um, but yeah, this this ride, I remember when I rode it, I got off and I was ecstatic because I think it's mostly because I, I got to ride it and just the story is just like insane. And the fact that I got a back row on it, like I requested back row and they're like, sure. I was like, sweet, because I thought they were going to sign me a seat. Um, but when I remember when I got the ride, I was like, I think this is my new number one coaster. And um, I let it sit and digest and eventually it, it like... After a week, I kind of decided it was number two uh, behind Fury at the time. But man, the thing the thing ran so good. Uh, the quad down's great. Um, I, the launch was just the launch. I giggled through. It was mm-hmm. it was one of the oddest sensations I've felt on a coaster. And I don't know if it's giggly anymore. Um, but shooting, I mean, either way you look at it, ride wise, it's a great ride. Yeah, it really is. I've ridden it both wooden and steel. I do prefer the the wood had the bite. I do like that. Yeah. But it was a great ride this year. I really enjoyed it. Um, it is very mm. intense still. But I've also never ridden the 2016, 2017, you know, before they slowed the launch. And I really got the 2020 and 2022 and that's it. But it's a good ride. It was my number one for 2020 and 2021 um, nice. uh, at the end of the season. So it's truly... I haven't done my rankings for this year yet, but it is not. I can tell you it is not number one anymore. So after two years, this thing has been dethroned, which is sad because I I love it. That is sad. Um, And I just wish RMC would do uh, no inversions on more coasters. I think it works. It's nice. It forces them to be creative. It does. All right. Then we have the 2007 edition, which is Mystery Mine, which is a... Pretty well themed Gerslauer Eurofighter. Um, you know, there's like videos as you're going up the vertical lift. There's some indoor bits. There's some outdoor bits. Um, now it does ride a little bit rough. It has those over the shoulder restraints, which is uh, kind of a bummer, I would say. But 
theming wise, it's good. It's Do you great. like this ride? Is it is it too rough for you? How does it, how do you kind of? In 2020, I thought this ride was incredible. I rode it a million times. It wasn't rough for me. And then I rode it this year three times. And maybe it was where I rode or I don't know how, what what it was different about it. They did remove that one section, which I didn't think was rough at all. I thought that section was fine. Um, But for some reason this year, it did feel a bit more like back and forth to me. I I felt the Eurofighter much more, whereas I feel like in 2020, it felt more like a really themed dark ride that was really intense. This one, I felt Mm. like I was riding a Eurofighter, but man, that second drop, it's hard to beat. That is Mm. one of my favorite single moments on a coaster is like coming over the top of the second drop. It's so wild. And then it goes into like that bit where you just kind of do an inline twist and the dive loop. Yeah. Is that right? And you're hang time. And then you just like end. Then you're like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's... um, That... That ride layout specifically, I really love for a Gerslauer Eurofighter because most of the time they have to be compact and uh, they don't sprawl. And this one, they, they put partially indoors. There's uh, cool elements. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of variety on this coaster. It adds a lot of needed kinetic energy to that side of the park as well because the, there's yeah. between Fire Chaser and I don't really know, like, like until you get all, all the way back around to the start, there's not really any kinetic energy because Thunderhead's tucked back as is Wild Red Grove. So it adds a really nice bit of movement to that area because it's, it is kind of a weird, because that other the other side of the park near Blazing Fury is so well-themed and so beautiful with all the water features yeah. and that. Whereas this side, it needed Mystery Mine, I think. Yeah, because without it, it, it feels Cedar Fair Park-like, honestly. Yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. Especially when they took a, whatever that Splash Battle ride was out. Um yeah, it was kind of weird that they didn't replace that with another ride, I thought. Yeah. Next coaster to highlight, we have Tennessee Tornado, the 1999 Aero Looper. Um, I like this ride. It's It runs a little bit short. Like, um, I think the story is literally they, they like, ran out of budget and had to, like, cut it off. So that's why you hit the brake run so fast. That's why it's a little bit shorter. Uh, but it does have, like, a unique first drop where it takes you up a mountain. There's a turnaround. Then you go down a tunnel. And for arrow loopers, as far as arrow loopers go, it's fairly smooth. Like it's the closest feeling to a B and M looper that you have in an arrow coaster. Yeah, I agree. It's really because I the urban legend with this coaster is that they showed Dollywood four or five designs, and this was the shortest and cheapest, and this is the one they went with. So that's the yeah. urban legend that 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 it wasn't arrows choosing; it was Dollywood's. But what I love about this coaster, I love the long trains. The long trains send me. The drop <laughs> into the tunnel is great. So you're right. If this, if if the break run that we have now was the mid course and we had a second half, it would be one of my favorite coasters. I would think it, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but for what it is, just taking it as it is, I really, really enjoy this ride. I'm a huge Arrow fanboy, so I I really, really like this ride. And by the way, Alan Schoelke uh, is the one that designed this. Uh, yes. Alan C. Dude. Um, and one other unique aspect of it, you know, Aero Loopers in their time, and this was kind of late, I think, was this, one, it was one of the last Aero coasters built, I know. Yeah, it was near there, yeah. That's in Roadrunner Express. Ah, fair enough. But the loops on it uh, was actually a wider loop because 
how Arrow designed their coasters, it, they put the same loop on every ride. They just put it taller or or like lower to the ground based on the speed. Um, so it was kind of cool to see uh, a non-Arrow loop on an Arrow looper. Yeah, Wildfire at Kilmartin drop is the exact same. So it's uh, Tennessee Tornado walked so Wildfire could run, really. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that should be a t-shirt too. You should, you should just be a t-shirt guy. Just whoever's listening, write down all my sayings. I will, as long as you give me 30% commission, I'm down. I'm ready. Yeah, and these are all copyrighted, so. Um, yes, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. Wink. All right. <laughs> Don't put that and on the TikTok. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'll, I'll skip I'm that one. I'm totally kidding. You can, you can put whatever the fuck you want on there. Fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> all right, and then uh, 2004, we got the addition of Thunderhead, which is the GCI wooden coaster. Um, very much a twister layout for a GCI coaster. And the most unique function of this ride is that station fly through when you're in the station there. The coaster just flies through the station um, kind of on a track uh, above your head. So pretty unique. How's it running these days? Amazing. They, they retract a ton of it after like I was, I went in March and it would have been freshly retract. It is running so smooth um, I actually think it's running smoother than a lot of the newer GCIs. It's smoother than Gold Striker at CGA, smoother than Acopolis, no, Apocalypse <laughs> at Magic Mountain. It is, Dollywood takes such good care of this ride. It's beautiful. It's the front row on this is truly should be illegal, I think. Um, <laughs> it is wild. It is a good time. I'm really glad to hear that it's kind of come back to its. Um glory because i remember coaster enthusiasts um, maybe in the late 2000s would have said this is one of the best gcis a couple of years in between that and i don't know the the early 2010s maybe mid 2010s thing was running pretty rough so i'm glad to hear that's no longer the case no it is not running rough at all and i think too in the in the 2010s you had gold striker apocalypse all these gcis open and they were obviously much more wild and, and different, mm-hmm. but they haven't aged. They haven't aged well. I don't think Cedar Fair or Six Flags, Six Flags is taking good care of those things um, yeah. because I, I rode Gold Striker and like a couple months before I rode um, before I rode Thunderhead again, and I just could not believe the difference that this thing was almost ten years y- older than <laughs> Gold Striker, and it, it was running like it was brand new. Good. Gosh, I gotta get back now. Yeah. Selling it. I'm not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> You're sponsored by Thunderhead if you if you want. Oh, um, that'd be great. That'd be good. Yeah. All right, then 2017, we saw the addition of Whistle Punk Chaser, the Zamperla Kitty Coaster. It's orange. It has a cute sign. What else is there to say about this? Um, and then, you got something to say about it? it, it? Uh, no, I have, the, <laughs> I have the credit. I wrote it alone, just like every one should. Yeah, it should it should be a little bit sad when you get the kitty coaster credit. Yeah, and it was. I my soul died a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> Good. You gotta get that credit count up. Yeah. And then the last coaster to highlight is easily the most popular amongst the general public. You know, the 2012 Wild Eagle, the B and M Wing Coaster, which I believe was the first in the U.S. at the time. That was a pretty big deal. Um, was that or yeah. is it X Flight? Oh, was X Flight first? Which one? I'm assuming Wild Eagle was first because they opened because it is an earlier season than Maybe. Great America. But I know they opened the same year, so yeah. 
Ooh, that's a good question. One of these was the first. <laughs> and Southerners will say it was wild eagle. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we got that's a really good coaster lineup. Um, we started doing this new thing. Um, Jeff decided this on the last show that we're going to rank our top fives. So um, we'll let's just say we'll start at five. We'll go back and forth here um, on how we rank the Dollywood coasters. Would you like to start ranking the Dollywood coasters? Let's do it. My number five is Mystery Mine. I love, I do like this ride. I think it has dropped a couple rankings this year for me, but the theme sends me the drops, the intensity. I love it. I love everything about it. What about uh, your number five? My number five is Blazing Fury. Ooh. Uh, I, yeah, I like the dark ride. I, I mean, there's no secret. Every, every, um, TikTok I've been mentioning um, with the top amusement parks on TikTok, I've been mentioning, does it have dark rides or not? This does. This ticks the dark ride box. It ticks the coaster box. I'll go ahead and sneak it in my top five because I don't think any of the other coasters um, quite knock it out because they might be a little bit more on the rougher side if they're not in my top five here. <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, Blazing Fury is a great time. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to knock that. It's a great time. And this is a hard thing to rank because I think I think really if it's two through what is it ten, um, well maybe like two through eight, two through nine could easily be interchangeable. Yeah, I, I I would say that it's 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 a hard it's a hard park to rank. I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep doing it though. What do you get for four? My number four is Fire Chaser Express. I love this thing. I it never fails to make me laugh. And I wish, I mean, I guess, guess we're getting something like that at Canada's Wonderland this year. So hoping it's as you. good. But uh, what about your number four? Also Fire Chaser Express. Oh, I love the theming. Cool. Yeah, we agree here. Love the theming. Um, it's just cute. Like, I don't think you get off of Fire Chaser Express and you're not smiling. You know, it's, it's just. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it is, is just so like effort. everyone loves it. It's a universally loved ride. Yep. Dollywood does that to you. Mm-hmm. What's your number three? My number three is Tennessee Tornado. I oh freaking gosh. love this thing. Wait, is that is that yours too? Yeah, it's mine yeah. too. <laughs> I think we're have the same two and one. I think so well. too. <laughs> but like, it depends. We might have your. We might have it switch. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we do. No, I mean, we could just do it. So number three is Tennessee Tornado. Obviously, tornado. Um, two. Let's say together. Wild um, Eagle. What? Oh, Mine's Thunderhead. Up. Thunderhead for you. So tell me about Thunderhead. <laughs> oh, my. I was like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> so Wild Eagle is the one that has dropped considerably out of my top five after my rides this year. I am obsessed with that Thunderhead. I'm a huge GCI <laughs> fan, though. Like, to be me very too. honest, I'm a massive. And Thunderhead is incredible. So... I, I absolutely love it. Wild Eagle for me, th- this year I wrote it and it didn't do anything. I loved it in 2020. Yeah. Like, like I'll be real. I wrote it five times in 2020 and I absolutely loved every ride on it. But something about it this year, it didn't do it for me. I was I, I was like, you know, I, I didn't love it. it. It wasn't rough or anything like that. It just it just didn't spark my joy. So uh, so Wild Eagle number two for you. Yes, and I like Wild Eagle. Uh, actually, it was like a story that my sister, when we went, um, it was her favorite ride, and she loved it. 
and she's like afraid of heights. Um, okay. So like she was like so much that when she stands on the stairs, like um, starts to kind of panic a little bit and maybe cry or, or just say like I need to get down. Um, but we had an experience there where you know how they had the grouper at the bottom of yeah, the stairs. Yeah. Um, they saw that and they're like, "Hey, take the elevator." So we go on the elevator. She comes up and and they take care of her and they put her in the front row and and she loved it. So she talks about Wild Eagle all the time. Oh, I love so, that. Uh, yeah. So that that for me is uh, a number two, and I, I do think it has a bit of a uh, personal tie to it, um, which is why yeah. I put it there. And um, uh, by the way, Thunderhead not even in my top five. Uh, I haven't wow. gotten a smooth ride on it ever, um, but I haven't ridden it in years, and that's what that's how Woody's that's how Woody's are. They change so much. It's so dependent on every. Like it, it, I love them. They have just such personality. Yeah. Well, let's. I know we got number one together. Yeah, whistle punk, right? Whistle punk chase yeah, is so number good. Number one. You can go out there and toot the sign. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's lightning rod, right? It is lightning rod. I am so shocked. I I thought we had the same. I did too. I, didn't, I, I was... don't know why I didn't think of that. Oh my god! Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Lightning, lightning rod. is so good. Great RMC. We mentioned it earlier, but yeah, it was my number one, and it's still in my top ten overall. But it's it's so good. Yeah, it's good. All right. Well, we've highlighted the roller coasters of Dollywood. Um, I do want to highlight just a few other attractions worth mentioning. Um, not going too long here, but there are some really good supporting things to do and attractions. Um, you know, obviously shows is going to be one of those. Um, right now they're highlighting their Christmas shows on their website, but throughout the year, different different festivals, um, those shows are going to change up. So I always recommend if you're going to Dollywood, maybe check out a show or maybe even two uh, because they are, there's a lot of pride in the shows there. So uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, other thing, I don't know if you've done these because – Honestly, I haven't visited Dollywood while I've like loved Dolly Parton. Uh, that's kind of a new thing for me. But you have the Chasing Rainbows Museum, which has the coat of many colors in it. Um, and then the Dolly's Home on Wheels, which was just her, her home while she's been on tour, which was her tour bus. Yeah, I've... I want to check out. Sadly, the museum has been closed both times I was there. I did go in the bus, which is very cool. And I did see the replica of Dolly Parton's childhood home, which is just like, how can you fit that giant family in that home? So it is really nice that, and I actually was surprised when I visited this. And maybe this is like for someone who's never visited Dollywood before, is I think in the media, it's portrayed as like this, like over the top Dolly Parton in your face theme park. But it really is a smoky mountain mining themed like town with the dolly parton touches everywhere of like you know the staff are just wonderful and the food is amazing and then they have that corner with the dolly parton store where it has like you know her outfits you can buy the museum and the bus and then not too far away is the home so i i like that and honestly as a dolly parton fan i'd even want more dolly Parton. but i would say I think we do too, but I think if you're someone who is maybe hesitant to visit because you think it'd be just too flashy or whatever, it is It is not. It is truly a, a great place. And there's something for truly everyone. Shows, 
rides, food experiences, and festivals and everything. And if you're somebody that's going because, uh, or maybe you're not a Dolly fan, you want to avoid that, it's very easy to just avoid the Dolly Parton Museum. Like, you just walk mm-hmm. by it. <laughs> yeah. Go right. And they don't even, they don't uh, even really play Dolly Parton music around the park. Like, when I was there, they played Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani at Jesus. least five times. <laughs> hey, if I owned a, a theme park, I'd be doing the same thing. I wasn't complaining. I just was confused. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Dolly song. I know. I know. All right. And then there are some good supporting rides. You've got Barnstormer, which is the SNS swing ride, um, Black Bear Trail, which, if you are a fan of Moose on the Loose at Darien Lake, um, you ride these tiny bears along a, <laughs> um, a track, which is in their, uh, what's the Dollywood Grove area? The um, Wildwood Grove. Wildwood Grove. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dollywood's the park. Yes. Um, you also have the Dollywood Express train, which is, I mean, I think most enthusiasts would consider that the best train at an amusement park. I And I've sadly never been on it. And I, oh. need, I need to go. I am dying to go on it. I grew up with trains. I grew up with going to all the, like, the Western theme parks here and been to Silverwood on their train. So train. I need to get on this. There's an iconic moment on the train where you are doing a big turnaround in a field. And you, you have left Dollywood at this point. You're just out in what feels like the countryside with the, <laughs> the, the, the Smoky Mountains in the background. And you're just doing this turn. And it gives you a really good view of that front train. And it just goes, woo, woo. And they, just, they blow the horn and all the coals coming out of the top. And uh, there's really something special about that moment. There's, it's not a train robbery. It's not a, you know, it's just like, yeah, we have this badass train. And these badass mountains, and uh, we're on this field, so let's have some fun. And I, I just like the cockiness of that damn train. <laughs> I love that. Oh my, it looks so nice. Yes, and then uh, another highlight that a lot of enthusiasts would point out is Drop Line, which is their drop tower. Um, yeah, so a lot of good stuff there. Um, special events I do want to talk about as well. This is parks very well known for their special events. Um, through January 1st, 2023, you have the Smoky Mountain Christmas, which honestly is the, is it the best? I mean, it's voted as one of the best events at any amusement park. It just is. And it, it is that good. Um, I personally prefer Silver Dollar Cities over Dollywoods, but only by a little bit, like by the an eyelash. Hmm. Um, they're both very similar events, but... Really, all of these events are going to be good. So you've got the Flower and Food Festival, um, where they just kind of celebrate flowers. There's lots of spring colors and food samplings and that sort of thing. You've got Smoky Mountain Summer Celebration, brought to you by Bush's Beans. Shout out to Bush's Beans. Do you know why it's Bush's Beans? Nope. It just is presented by them. So 20 minutes away, if you're going on the road, there's a, there's a couple of roads to I-40 from there. And you actually know. This is funny. Hold I, on. I do because I when I was driving back to Charlotte from Dollywood, I went one way on the way there through like this real, really rural part of the mountains. And I went another way back. And I'm just driving through this random road. And then you turn a corner 20, maybe 30 minutes past Sevierville. And it's just a giant fucking Bush's Beans <laughs> factory. In the middle of nowhere. Like, when I say it's in the middle of nowhere, 
I truly was scared when it turned turn the corner. I thought I was going to like the Hunger Games, like ca- like the capital. Like I was oh just like, gosh. whoa, it just came out of nowhere. And it's just a giant factory and it's in the area. So I'm assuming, I'm, I'm not saying for sure, but I'm assuming because it's a local business that they're, <laughs> they're sponsoring. And uh, if you ever drive that road from I-42 um, Dollywood, you know what I'm talking about. It's a, just a giant fucking factory. <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't know yeah. Bush's Bean had any type of poll locally, so that's good mm-hmm. to hear. And then one other one to highlight, the Harvest Festival. Um, I did get to check out this event at Silver Dollar City. I have to think Dollywood. Uh, Dollywood was the ones that originally did it, so you got to think it's probably the best. Um, I personally like the Harvest event more than the Christmas event. It's a little bit less crowded, and um, the lights with the jack-o'-lanterns, still have that light at night, like the Christmas feel to it. So um, I just think it's really unique and something that I wish more parks would do, honestly, as opposed to the haunt. But, you know, that's another podcast for another day. That would be great. And those festivals were ranked by myself and Parker on a previous Coaster (laughs) Cuzzies episode. So please go check that out if you haven't um, already. Absolutely. And then there are some other extras. There's so much to do at Dollywood. There's so much to do in this area. So I'll just brush over these. But you do have an entire water park in Dollywood Splash Country. Um, Looks really well maintained. It's like nice looking. Looks like great for families. Um, Just like Dollywood, it does feel more like a family focused water park. It's not much of a thrill seeker place, but that's okay. And then um, for hotels, you have Dollywood Dream More Resort which has a spa and pool. And then they're actually opening in 2023, fall of 2023, the Heartsong Lodge and Resort with 302 rooms. So look at Dollywood uh, kind of up in their hotel game. Yeah, I mean, I those resorts look beautiful. I, every time I drive past it, I would think it would be really nice to stay right there. It's, I mean, it's Dollywood. I mean, it's, it, it, you can't go wrong. Uh, most importantly, we almost brushed right over uh, one of the most important things about Dollywood. It's the food. Yes. Do you have some food to highlight from Dollywood? I do. I do. And I want to preface this by saying I, as a vegan, but <laughs> <laughs> I have not really eaten a lot of good food here, which I'm really disappointed about. Um, oh. But I, I, I can appreciate it and I'm going to talk about it, but I, it's not from firsthand. So I'm going to rely on you, Caleb, for any stories or anecdotes you have. I do want to start with, before I went vegan, I did have cinnamon bread. So when I was just vegetarian, <laughs> I did have it, and it was quite good. I did check like it. Check the box. Yep, check the box. I'm glad I did it before I gave up dairy and eggs. Um, and then also, too, we're recording this right before Christmas. So most of the menus and most of the current mm. food updates I can find are based on the Smoky Mountain Christmas um, menu so i think we're going to talk about that also talk a bit more about the food overall but i think um we can't start anywhere in dollywood food wise without talking about aunt granny's kitchen a place i have always wanted to eat if they ever bring some vegan options in it is a family style all you care to eat i think at one point there was a buffet but as of right now i don't know maybe they change it up it is a family style sit-down restaurant and they have a little bit of uh, home cooking here. So it is Christmas. So you're talking ham, 
turkey, cinnamon bread, apple pie, and then just a ton of slides, a ton of sides, mac and cheese, beans, potatoes, honey glazed carrots. They have seasonal desserts and everything. So this is actually consistently rated one of the best theme park restaurants in the United States. USA Today has consistently ranked it. Actually, this year in 2022, it is number four in the U.S. for top theme park restaurants. Yak and Yeti at Animal Kingdom is above this. I'm not, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I don't really mind. Good. I mean, I don't mind Yak and Yeti. There is vegan options, but like maybe it's hard because Yak and Yeti is like also it is a Landry's restaurant. Like it's a rainforest, it's owned by the same people as Rainforest Cafe. So it's like uh-huh. not, it's, it's weird. It's a weird vibe. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll have a podcast about talking about the top 10 USA Today um, themed rest, uh, theme park restaurants ranked because I think we have a lot to say on that. I think Chef Jeff would be down to uh, do a segment on that. I think so too. And I'll just be the vegan in the background being like, no, nah, I can't eat here. No, but <laughs> boo, boo. This one does have something for me. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, basically it's food that you can eat at grandma's house. Um, but yes, I think, I think uh, it looks like a great place and I would love to try it out one day. I've eaten here. It's fantastic. Thank you for your input. Thank you. It <laughs> looks good. good. Um, when it was a buffet, but real good. Yes, I think everything I've seen says the pandemic has changed it to family style, which I honestly That's prefer, true. as we talked about earlier in this mm-hmm. um, in this uh, podcast, that the family style, all you can eat, man, it's just, you sit, you get all you can eat still, and you don't need to go up to the buffet. I mean, there is something a little bit embarrassing or empowering about going up for your third plate of food and it's like a mountain and you're yeah. like, I, I don't care who's looking at me and judging. I don't care, yeah. but I'm doing it. So like you lose that. But yeah. Yeah, that's true. Gosh, between cinnamon bread and this, I don't know how you can get any better. I know. I know. So the next kind of, classic sit-down restaurant here at Dollywood is the Front Porch Cafe, which is um, apparently some of Dolly's favorite meals. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what they that, that's what they tout themselves as. No, really, they're her favorite. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, 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 they are. She loves so, potatoes, so that's good news. I see that. Yeah. There. So in terms of what's on right now for the festival, they got lots of uh, things like braised short ribs, chili, corn muffins, that sort of thing. But... I do want to point you in the direction of two fully vegan as-is options. I see it. <laughs> and I am so happy. They have a vegan roasted tomato pasta and like an ultimate wow. Beyond Burger, which is like kind of like a loaded Beyond Burger. And yeah. what I like about this, and even looking at the rest of this menu, maybe it's just a festival, is there's a lot of classics that have been just like pizzazzed up a little bit and like i don't like dollywood has a beyond burger and it's fine but when you add things like a vegan mayo or onions or horseradish like it just adds so much and even the the past i talked about um which let me just switch back is uh has like the cherry tomatoes marinated peppers they have a vegan parm as well and it's gluten-free for our gluten-free friends so it's just like it adds that pizzazz that's not just like a crappy pasta in the theme park so i gotta say i really really want to try this place um again i've never never been but i think everything i've seen on this menu is basically regular comfort food that's just a little elevated which i think um is is nice in a theme park which you don't see often 
The second I walk in the other room and tell my wife that there is a gluten-free pasta with a gluten-free brownie at Dollywood, we'll probably be going to Dollywood next year. Okay, cool. And I'm good to come, right? I'm just good to stay. Yeah, you're, you're invited. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I want to see what the vegan roasted uh, tomato pasta is all about. And then, um, you know, I'll probably slam some of this pot roast or something. I love that. And we With Bush's that. beans. Mm, yes, of course. Of course. We need the beans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the last place I'll go really in depth in here is a place that um, is quite famous more so in the Silver Dollar City world. And that is on the skillet side of things. So I think this is a very famous... I think people talk a lot about the skillets at Silver Dollar City, but they don't talk about it as much at Dollywood. But they yeah. do have a skillet place. Um, now, there's nothing vegan here, of course. But we are talking skillets of potatoes, sausage. Like, you can do, like, a hash style, but there's also more. Uh, there's, like, the beans one. There's a, um, uh, what's that thing called? There's a hot dog here. There, there's just, it's, it's very skillet-based. Yeah. I... I can't eat here. Have you, have you had the skillets? Maybe either at Silver Dollar City or at, uh, at Dollywood. I mean, last time I went to Silver Dollar City, I had a bunch of skillets. Okay. On a tasting card, uh, I get a skillet every every time I go to Silver Dollar City. That's gonna happen. That, that's, I go for Outlaw Run and then I go for the skillets. Um, <laughs> I haven't had a skillet at Dollywood. Okay. Um, I just don't know why. I'll change that. I'm going to go eat a skillet there. Please do. There Tomorrow. Please do. I would love to see that. I would love if there was a vegan skillet as well, because I love a good vegan hash. But, um, I'll ask around. Yeah. So besides those three, I won't go too much into detail about everything else. I think the other bigger thing that you'll see here is a lot of barbecue. So there's actually a few barbecue places um, that is – You'll get the pulled pork. You'll get all that good stuff. Um, it's like the Aunt Lillian's they have. Or sorry, Miss Lillian's. Not Aunt Lillian's. Miss Lillian's. There's a barbecue corner and smokehouse. You have the Hickory House barbecue. So nothing. It's exactly what you'd expect from a barbecue place um, there. You have a lot of sweet treats. So, of course, mm. the pre-mentioned cinnamon bread. But there's also funnel cakes bakeries, ice cream, um, all that good stuff. I think you uh, won't go wrong here. I have perused the baked goods at Dollywood and they all look amazing. Mm. And I would like to try one one day if they ever had a vegan one. And then, then of course, you if you are not an adventurous eater, if you want to know what you're gonna, kind of going to get, don't worry, there is the uh, regular theme park food that you can see everywhere else. Um, of course, Red's Drive-In right in front of Lightning Rod has a bit of everything. Has the hot dogs, has hamburgers, has theme park fare. So you're not going to be lost there, don't you worry. So it's a little bit of a very high level of the food. Honestly, I we could probably just have a whole episode about the festival food because I was of course because it's the Smoky Mountain Christmas those are the menus I was mostly looking at and I'm just like damn I need to go <laughs> you need to go try this and I and I'm hoping because when I went to Dollywood in March this year none of that vegan none of those vegan options I was talking about were there so I'm hoping that if it's successful during this festival they bring it 
to the regular park just for us peeps to enjoy. Be nice. Yeah. Gosh, one of the best food parks in America. I can't wait to talk more about the best of restaurants. Yeah. It's going to be fun. That would be. Uh, I have a feeling, uh, gosh, Aunt Granny's belongs, though. And uh, Front Porch Cafe, you got me really excited about it. It looks great. I've walked past it a million times, but like that menu, I'm me just too. like, damn, it looks good. Yeah, I don't think I'll walk by it again. I think I'm going no. in. Excellent. Well, thank you for highlighting the food and all of Dollywood. Gosh, we, we, we just tackled all of Gatlinburg, all of Pigeon Ford, all of Dollywood. And, um, you know, we probably left something off. Somebody's probably yelling somewhere. But, hey, I challenge you to uh, to highlight everything in one podcast episode, my friend. Um, and it's make not it an easy task. reasonable time. There is no yeah. – there is uh, too much. It's true. And, uh, Mitch, I really appreciate you joining in on here, uh, filling in for Jeff while he's, uh, you know, crying in a Hooters parking lot or whatever he's doing right now. Um, but it's always fun to have you on uh, one of these shows. You bring a, a really fun element um, to these great cousin road trips. And, gosh, I wish there was more room in the car for you. I know. I know. That's okay. I will hitchhike my way. Interstate 81, actually. Fun, fun fact. Where it ends at Dollywood, it ends on the north in Montreal. So I'll just hitch my way back. I'm sure there's some trucks going all the way north. Um, I'll head back. But if you ever need me, just shine like shine a light into the sky that just says vegan, and I'll be there in 48 hours or less. Works for me. We will yeah. uh, definitely be doing that on multiple occasions. I'm sure uh, as we go along this road trip. So incredible. Excellent. Now speaking of the road trip, the next stop on the road trip. Um, you know, it feels kind of funny going from Grand Dollywood to this, but we're going to go check out Camden Park in West Virginia and realized we kind of missed the Columbus Zoo. And we can go ahead and lump that in here. So we're going to go Columbus Zoo, uh, Camden Park. I mean, this is a liminal space of America right here. Um, once you kind of go north of Tennessee here. And, um, you know, I can honestly, it's just like a black hole of like, I don't know what state lines go where. I don't know how many states are crossing over to get to Camden Park from here, but that's what Camden Park's like. So um, we'll be highlighting that on the next show. Might be probably going to be a little bit shorter in Dollywood. I'm being honest, but uh, yeah, probably all right. Uh, and then if you if you love the podcast, make sure you check us out on all of our social channels. The best place to find us is solo.to slash coastercuzzies. Um, gonna have all all of our social medias there. TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, the podcast. You can listen to past episodes of the podcast. You can check our YouTube page. You can, um, I'm, I don't remember what else is on there, but go check it out. Solo.to slash Coaster Cuzzies. Um, if you're following us on one thing and you're not following us on a second thing, what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, Dollywood, you're great. We love your skillets. Make a vegan one. Yes. Mitch. Thank you. And um, Happy New Year to everybody. We hope Happy your New Year. 2023 is better than your 2022. We hope you reach all the goals that you want to reach. That just like Dolly says. Yep. Um, Dolly also has a really good quote about mashed potatoes I can't think of right now. She loves potatoes. You can quote her and say, try to be a diamond in a rhinestone world. 
Yep, and we're going to say that same thing when we pull into Camden Park. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks thanks again, Mitch. Thank you, listeners. And um, on to the next stop, I guess. Yeah. Let's go catch hepatitis. (laughs) 